The SPT Secret Society is open for students who are looking to make a massive change in their PT school journey with fellow SPTs from around the world through our three pillars of study habits, personal development, and finances. This is for the motivated SPT ready to take action now because you know PT school is only a couple years long. So what are you waiting for? Click the link right now in the show notes to join us in the SPT Secret Society. And get your first month free by emailing us, ecretsay, E-C-R-E-T-S-A-Y. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physio Memes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. Welcome to Gratitude. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two new grad DPTs helping you get through PT school on your first try debt-free. Join us as we guide you through the insanity of PT school. Welcome to another episode of Gratitude. Today we have an interesting episode. We're going to talk about lessons from some of the richest people in healthcare. Some of them are multimillionaires. Some of them are rich in terms of work-life balance. Some of them have both. And so before we get into it, Gabby, let's go weekly updates. I feel like we should do a drum roll, like drum roll, please. How was your week? What did you do this week? Oh, weekly updates. So I was with you this week and I was in Florida hanging out with Sarah and Jason and got to attend uh, Smart Success Healthcare Live in Orlando, Florida. Sarah and I were down there and with two, with 200, about 220 of our, uh, of other healthcare professionals in PT, OT, speech, athletic training, uh, DO, like all these different healthcare professionals coming together uh, to honestly level up. And it was so great. I would say out of, and I talked to this uh, with Greg, our mentor, and I believe we all did, but honestly this year especially was the best year yet. And I think a lot of us can say that, but for me, out of the four years that I've gone to this conference in person and virtually, uh, 2021 was by far the best year. I haven't been to that many. I've been to one in person. We spoke on one of the virtual ones and then here we are in person again. And this one was, I think, really aligned. And yeah, we'll get more into that later because the lessons from some of the richest people in healthcare are from this conference. So if you guys are ever, you know, wondering what the heck, like, how can we even talk about this? This is how we can talk about it because we went and spoke with these people and it was a really awesome weekend and cool to live together in Florida for a little bit. We did. Yes. We were able to live together and we got to go to the pier, uh, went out to eat and Jason and I became, (laughs) I love, I love Jason. If you don't know Jason, that is Sarah's fiance. He is awesome. And we, (laughs) I feel like we just laughed a lot this weekend, um, which is what I needed. But for those joining, comment if you're team live or team replay, Jimmy McKay is on live everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. We talked with Jimmy too. Jimmy was one of the amazing speakers. Let's just give a a shameless plug here. 
Uh, if you guys don't know PT Pintcast, Jimmy McKay is the man behind it. And we had to see him at this commencement speech for the national graduation. It was absolutely incredible. Um, and I don't even have anything more to say. Like I literally had no words to thank him for doing this commencement speech because it was so amazing. And it was not like 90% of you who don't even remember what your commencement speech was about. So let's just put that out there. Yes, this one was memorable. And just to talk a little bit about their graduation, because that's something that was very special to us and for everyone who graduated in person and virtually. You know, Sarah and I uh, graduated from PT school this year, and honestly, it was very emotional. Uh, there was closure. I was crying when I was speaking. I don't even remember what I said. I'm gonna have to go back and watch the video because I don't, I don't remember anything. <laughs> and uh, it was just really, really a special moment. Definitely one of the highlights of you know this year, and really a closure for um, our chapter in PT school. So shout out to everyone involved for putting it together and for Jimmy's amazing commencement speech. Yeah. And now let's get into this week's like root episode. So lessons from some of the richest people in healthcare. We're each going to share three lessons we learned. The top three lessons from an entire weekend that was so dense and so incredible. It was kind of hard to narrow this down, but Gabby, do you want to start with your number one lesson that you learned? Yes. So like we said, we're just going to preface this and saying there was so much uh, so much good information this weekend from a lot of speakers in different areas of PT, not PT. And I just want to start out with uh, my biggest takeaway is you have to make changes inward uh, before you see the outward. So what that means is you're going to have to really work on and be uncomfortable with a lot of feelings and emotions and trauma that you may have gone through uh, in your personal life from a situation. And in order to work through that, you have to, you know, be, be sure that you work on that internal before you start giving to other people and, uh, and not mask the, uh, the emotions and the feelings that you're going through. So Kelly Ahui, uh, what a wonderful um, speed, you know, presentation that she did. Uh, but one thing that she said was, uh, this is quote, when the pain is so bad, change will happen. And that's something that she went through. Um, now she's uh, absolutely crushing it in her business. And honestly, if you think about that, when the pain is so bad, change will happen. If you're going through a situation right now, especially during COVID or during PT school, where you're not seeing the results that you want, you're not doing well on exams, you failed the NPTE, whatever it may be, when something gets so bad, you will do everything in your power to change the outcome or change, you know, the the future of of your life and when you feel like you you know you can't go anywhere whether it's you don't have any money like you lost your job uh those are really painful situations so you will uh you know you will um change your i guess uh outcome if the pain is so bad so i just want to make that um point because if you're in a shitty situation and you're accepting it and not changing it, then that's where you become complacent and and comfortable. And so, like I said, a lot of that inward emotion comes out. And if that's something that you experience, comment below me because I want to know personally, this has been something, uh, and that's why it hit me so hard because I've gone through it this year. Yeah. And I just want to share Kelly's story briefly. If I had to just summarize it really quick, and it was 
an incredible, incredible story. Um, she basically went from working at this outpatient PT clinic, working too much. She was working two jobs. Her and her husband were working two jobs as new grads, and it was just burning her out like so much. She just wasn't happy where she was at. And she left her job right before COVID and created, started her own business and was like, just at the trailheads, like gathering people, like trying to treat whoever she could uh, and build her practice. And she went from like at her shitty job that she didn't like, not making a whole lot of money to making 50, five zero, $50,000 a month within six months of starting her practice during the pandemic which is insane. And she hired on three people and maybe four people, three or four people. And like, can you even imagine going from a life where you hate your job to making so much money, you get to hire people? Like that's just insane. And she now has a brick and mortar clinic. Um, and I think that's absolutely inspiring. So I loved her story. It was so, so good. Yeah. So a lot of you might feel like you're in this situation or, you know, friends in this situation. So no, it's not the end of the world. You can change uh, your outcome just like Kelly did. So that's my number one takeaway. Sarah, what is your number one? Okay. So we talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to talk about it again. Usually I think reverse engineering is optional. And I'll get into what the heck reverse engineering is in a minute. But I think this weekend it really showed like reverse engineering is a requirement, not an option for success. Because if you don't know where the heck you're going, like how are you going to get to where you want to go if you're just like on this path to who knows where? So I really liked how Aaron LeBauer drew this out. Can I draw this out? Gabby, can I draw this out? Okay, shout out to Aaron LeBauer. I'm going to I'm gonna draw out your little thing here because I loved it. So I'm going to share uh, my whiteboard and draw this. Can you see my whiteboard okay over here? Perfect. Okay. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast and can't see this, I'll try to describe it as I go. So basically you're here. Okay. This is like you now, this is you, this little star, and you're on this path to this future time, like three years from now, let's say, right? PT school is three years. So let's just put it three years from now. There's your ideal. There's your good. There's your poor. And there's your like worst possible outcome this is like bad. Okay. It's like poor, really good. And ideal is at the top. So what I'm drawing is kind of like this uh, exponential growth upwards. So it's a timeline and there's you at the beginning on the left-hand side and you're, you know, here and three years from now is on the right-hand side. And I'm drawing an exponential line going upwards to your ideal situation three years from now. And then a little bit of a, a shorter incline going to your good outcome and then a poor line going downwards uh, and then a very exponentially bad line going downwards to your worst possible outcome three years from now, where do you want to be? And simply drawing this out and putting, oh, what were the four things? Let me pull it up. I have my notes right here. Do you remember what they were, Gabby? Oh, I know I you're talking them. about. Yeah, we both have our, taking out our. Okay, our okay, here it, is, here it is. So the top is your ideal situation. And he put these four things on each of these potential futures. He put the time, the impact, the income, and the experiences for each of these boxes. And this was really, really awesome to fill out. I'm not going to lie. Like, if you just look at the time frame of all of these, let me change my color here to make it 
screen. So basically, if you take action sooner, there's a way shorter distance between your ideal life and your worst potential life. If you wait three years to take action, look at this massive difference in your life outcome. And it was just crazy, crazy to me to even like think about that. Um, so I just wanted to share that screen and show you guys that for a minute. I know maybe for those of you listening, it doesn't really make sense. Go watch us live. We're in the Student Physical Therapist Network group and Facebook. Come in and see my beautiful drawing. It's gorgeous. I'm great at drawing with my finger on my screen. Um, but that was like so, so crucial to map out and to really get a visual and a clear GPS coordinate of where the heck I want to be, like what's ideal, what's okay, what's poor, and what's like the worst disaster possible outcome for my life. Yeah. And actually, Sarah, I want you to continue with that because the next thing, uh, let's go into the thinking because, you know, for a lot of us, we don't have our thinking time and you had that next. So I want you to keep going with that. Oh, keep going. Like my why. Okay. So then Aaron talks about this a lot and a lot of other people talk about this, but because it's so important, right? Entrepreneurship is not this surface level thing. People don't quote unquote, become an entrepreneur because they think it's a like get rich fast thing. If they do, they don't get rich fast. They just fail at what they're doing because they're doing it for the money. But um, really going five to seven levels deep on why you are doing something. So for example, your ideal life three years from now, let's say you do want to make $100,000 a year, which you could easily do without having your own business. You can go work home health and do that. But okay, so let's up it. Let's say you want to make half a million dollars by three years from now or three years after you graduate. Okay, so why do you wanna make half a million dollars? Okay, well, it's because I wanna be able to travel and I wanna be able to spend time with my family and I wanna be able to go get a dog and live in the house that I want and all of these things. Okay, but why do you want that? And I'm gonna be honest, guys, it didn't take me super long to get down, for me at least, to like the root of why. And this sounds kind of like selfish, but the real reason a lot of people are doing these things is because they want the best quality of life possible for themselves, but also for their future families. And it's more about, at least for me, it's more about like generational wealth and changing um, the lives of not just yourself, because that could be easy, right? Changing your own life is one thing, but changing the lives of your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids, or even if you're not having kids of your own, like changing the lives of the people around you is crazy. Like if I could pay for people's entire PT school education, that would be insane. Right. And so, um, it just comes down to like leaving a legacy and it's about kind of like quality of life of yourself and everyone around you. And it, I liked two quotes. One, I think this is also Jeffrey Gittimer. Oh, it's so good. Jeffrey's on healthcare, but he's a really amazing sales guy. So he said, um, you're, or maybe someone else said this, I don't know, but uh, your why needs to be stronger than the snooze button. I'm just going to set that there for a minute. Your why needs to be stronger than the snooze button. And the second one that I really, really liked was if thinking is so important, why isn't it on your calendar? This is me talking to myself. If thinking is so important, why is it not on my calendar? I need to do this more. Um, I used to block off create, creative time but I haven't been doing it as much lately because I've been focusing on studying for the board. So I need to like actually set aside creative time. One, because that's where you're getting ideas and generating um, like your vision. 
but two, it also just helps with like my mental health and my mind health. And so I need to start doing that more. That's my second takeaway. <laughs> this is our call to action to say, okay, this is going on our calendars because we have a Google calendar. So we'll block off our time. So this is just our accountability yeah. <laughs> um, for that. Uh, those are really good though, um, especially with the thinking time. And this actually, so my number two takeaway um, does relate. So once you see that you can, so this is more of talking to your audience or client. So you want to figure out who is your audience? Who are you talking to first? And especially who do you like to treat in physical therapy? A lot of you say, I like to treat pediatrics. I like to treat kids. Okay. But just like Sarah did that exercise, why do you like to treat kids? And then even, um, you know, going down even more and focusing on the, um, the micro level of, okay, I want to treat uh, kids with uh, uh, cerebral palsy in order for them to achieve what? So once you see that you can uh, evoke the certain feelings and emotions and communicate with your audience's pain point, so insert whatever that is for you. For kids, it could be uh, they're not able to, uh, you know, go to school and be able to play with their friends or keep up with them. Um, I'm just going off the top of my head. I don't know why I'm using pediatrics, maybe because I studied it <laughs> for NPTE, but um, you want to communicate your audience's pain point. So what is that, uh, you know, for you as a PT student too, like what is the pain point that you're going through right now? Uh, it could be, you know, I'm just using an example, something that I went through is, you know, not doing, um, not doing as well on written exams. We're not having the study tactics to be able to study more efficiently and smarter. So that's an example of some pain points, but honestly, you just want to engage your audience. You want to connect with them. Uh, and you want to relay your message because if you have results and if you can get your clients or customers results, then that's, that's going to be a win. That's going to be able to, um, to allow you to serve them to the highest, you know, highest possible or highest value. So you want to help your client win first and foremost. So just to recap, who is your audience uh, on a micro level? Like why, why do you help them? What is their pain points? How can you communicate that to them to get the result that they want? And the point of, I just want to point this out too. The point of like being able to identify people's pain points is not to make them like fearful of them and perseverate on it and think about, oh my God, like this thing is going to happen. No, it's to show them that there is an alternative way. Like they don't have to accept the pain that they are currently in. Right. And, um, I love how Greg says this. He said it a few times, but like, basically if you're in, so does Aaron LeBauer, if you're unable to communicate the, like, um, urgency, the value, whatever about physical therapy, for example, like that does your patients a disservice. If you cannot communicate to them the value of what you're doing and you're unable to get them to buy and, and actually improve their own lives. So like marketing and sales is selfless. And I'm going to say that again, because I need to say this to myself too. Marketing and sales is selfless. And I just had, I, Gabby, I didn't even tell you this yet, but I just had a client today. So I do like just a little bit of personal training on the side um, online. And I just meet with people for half an hour once a week or twice a week, depending on what they're looking for and go through like some personal training sessions with them. Um, it's, and this person, if I had never sold the first person on like personal training with me, 
her sister would not be with me right now and literally changing her life completely. Like she had some bariatric surgery. She had like some other stuff going on. Like this is life changing. And I know I sound dramatic right now, but I'm just being like raw with my thoughts in the moment. So um, I love that you brought that up, Gabby. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, that's something we don't learn in school and you have, and you're to, not supposed to, Yeah, you're not. Right? Supposed, like, school, yeah. it's not school's job to teach you that. No, no, you don't learn in school. It's not their job to teach you. It's their job to uh, help you pass the boards and to get your license to be a PT. But if you are seeking this, there are people out there and uh, that's why we went to this conference. But so that was my number two takeaway. Sarah, what was your third one? Your last my one. My third one was um, from Greg when he talked about the book that he read called The Alchemist, which I have not read yet, uh, but now I feel like I need to go and read it. Um, he talked about anticipating the four obstacles. And these are four like universal obstacles that you will face in your life when you are trying to chase your dreams. And the first one was childhood. The second one was love. The third was fear of criticism slash defeat. And the fourth was guilt of getting your desires. And that one kind of got to me. I was like, am I self-sabotaging because I feel guilty if I were to get money? Because a lot of people do that, including myself. So um, anticipating the obstacles and having like he had us each kind of go into these breakout uh, sessions with the few people who are sitting around us and force us to identify which one are you most prone to? For me, it's the fourth one because I always feel guilty if I'm winning and other people are not. And so I think that was such an invaluable exercise because then you can see from a bird's eye view what the heck you're doing when you are running into these obstacles and how you can actually overcome them. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. And I definitely agree with that. And I think the other one for me was the fear of criticism and defeat because as people pleasers, a lot of us are, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> we, you know, we don't like to get rejected. We don't like people telling us we're doing a bad job or we're doing something wrong. And so um, that fear of putting yourself out there or fear of criticism of, you know, your family, not you not believing in what you do or the business that you're building. And your why has to be so much stronger than what other people's opinions are. Let me repeat that. Your why has to be so much stronger than what other people's opinions are. Because if it's not, then like we mentioned earlier, then you're going to quit. And so, you know, the guilt of getting our desires of making money, like as a physical therapist, oh, I'm going to jump on this soapbox because I can. Um, as a physical therapist, you realize you... <laughs> You can make more than the, the shitty offers that you're getting from employers. You can make six figures as a physical therapist. You can make a million dollars as a physical therapist. Let me just put that out there because you don't have to accept, you know, oh, I'm going to be making this amount of money, um, 70K a year. You don't have to accept that. But it comes with a lot of mindset because of a lot of people, they just, they don't realize it or they're like, I feel comfortable being in this position. So. I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. You guys, you, do you think that the people who are actually the rich, the richest in healthcare, do you think that they don't go through these obstacles or do you think they don't have to identify their why? Like they would just stop at a certain point, but they don't like these people keep going because they know it's more 
it's more about others than it is about them. And I know this it sounds counterintuitive from what many of you have been taught. And I know obviously you're, you're not going to be a millionaire PT if you're just working in your outpatient shitty job that they offered you 65K a year to work at. And um, so we're not saying you can just make a million bucks so easily, but we're saying like there's a way to do it. You just got to get that map, get that GPS coordinate work on overcoming the obstacles that are going to, they're going to keep coming up over and over and over again. Um, and it was just really, really cool this weekend. So Gabby, what is your last takeaway here? Number three. So number three, creating gener generational wealth. And Sarah, I touched on it earlier of having, uh, having the wealth to, you know, pass down to your, um, your grandchildren, your great, great grandchildren, your children, um, but you want to seek to understand the basic money principles first. And what that means is understanding your debt. So being able to understand the basic principles of money, which we don't learn in school, but that comes with just, you know, basic financial literacy and, and build on that. So, um, your debt. Ooh. So we had an amazing, oh, amazing presentation from our, uh, our financial advisor, uh, his name is Pete Lachman, and he does our taxes, but he's also a really great mentor to both of us. Um, and he, you know, he broke it down and he did three separate sessions into debt. Uh, he did it on investments and uh, one more. But for debt, he said, your debt should not be the reason that you don't take action. And especially for all of us who are in PT school or any other graduate school where we're coming out with six figures of debt, your debt should not be the reason that you don't take action. So that was something that I really resonated with too. Um, it shouldn't paralyze you to your core. Uh, and then the other thing, just play the long game. So what that means is, um, you know, be able to make smart financial decisions, have, uh, you know, have the, the people or the courses that you can go to and learn these things that, so that you can create generational wealth and play, um, play the long game, not the short game. This was really hard. I'm going to give a bonus one because <laughs> I couldn't narrow it down to three. Okay, so my last one. I have uh, one bonus one with like two parts. So there were two quotes that I really, really liked this weekend. And I know a lot of this might sound super simple to you guys, but I'm going to be straight up with you. Like your self, like you are getting in the way of your own success. And so, um, Jeffrey Gittimer talked about a morning routine that he does. And every single morning he writes, he reads, he prepares, he thinks, and he creates before he even starts the day and starts addressing all the fires that other people are throwing onto him. Like you've got to be able to do this for yourself every single morning. And that's something that I have not been doing a whole lot. I like to do the writing and the reading, but I don't tend to, and I also prepare, but I don't tend to do the thinking create as much. And that's really where the vision is, right? So that was just a, a short little thing um, that Jeffrey talked about and I really enjoyed. And the second was um, from Derek who uh, worked with Aaron LeBauer and then started his own cash, cash practice. And 
he said to enter the conversation already happening in your customer's mind. And uh, really the sale starts with the obstacle, right? The sale is not just you taking orders of people who want PT and you're like, oh, sounds great. Like that's not selling. Selling is people saying, oh, well, like I don't want to pay for PT. I'd rather just go pay for a cortisone shot or I'd rather just go pay for surgery not realizing they're going to need PT after that anyway. Like those are not solving the actual root of the problem. And so if you can learn to enter the conversation that's already happening in the customer's mind and say their objections before they even bring them up, that is how you sell. That is how you genuinely connect to people and help them. And this is out of goodwill. This is just like helping people. So I really enjoyed that. That's my bonus. Now I'm done. <laughs> That was a good bonus. And there's just so much that we learned this weekend. If you're interested in knowing more about what we talked about today, who said certain things, I know we mentioned a few names you're probably not familiar with. Uh, so just shoot us a message, uh, comment on this, uh, this live video in the Student Physical Therapist Network group, and we would be happy to share that with you. But that is all that we have for today. It was an incredible weekend and uh, it's always so good to be able to see people in person, to be able to see people in person. Uh, and especially after the pandemic, it was just great to have that, um, that environment with everyone. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know your biggest takeaways, share them on IG, on Facebook. And if you really enjoyed this, leave us a review. Uh, we want our podcast to expand more and we want this message to be heard. So thank you for tuning in and we'll see you all next week. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Gratitude. We would absolutely love to hear your biggest takeaway from this episode and share it out on all of the social media platforms and tag us so we can see it. And if you like our show, the best thing you could do is to take a minute to write a review to help us get this out to more students like you to shift the narrative away from stress and broke SPT. 